Thank you, Father, for your sweet, sweet presence. Thank you that we could come together as a body and just uh, just lift you up and think of you. And uh, thank you for your presence embracing us, uh, embracing us in all of our imperfections. And we thank you. Good morning, kings and priests. I'll make this quick. Marilyn said she's going to need about two hours for a message. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> I just want to say something about the goodness of God. I know we've all heard it. I know when I first started going to church, I used to hear about the goodness of God. And when I first started going to church, I'd hear the goodness of God, and it's like, well, if God's so good, why am I broke? Why am I living in this trash of a house? Why is my car breaking down? Why are my kids sick? But what I found out was is I kind of wanted to live life my way. I was a stubborn guy. My wife's probably going, uh, when did that change, like 10 seconds ago? But, you know, when we, when we try to go our own way, when we tell God, it's okay, God, I got this. It's like trying to give our kids a good gift, and they take the gift and go, oh, wow, thanks. Throw it on the bed. And that's how God feels about the gifts he wants to give us. He wants to give us good things. He wants our bodies healed. He wants our kids well. He wants, he wants us to live the higher life. God has great things for us. And I just want to say a quick prayer. Put your hand on your head. And let's say a declaration. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we say right now our minds are clear. We will speak your words over our, over our bodies, over our kids. We speak life. We speak health. We speak good things in our lives. We say we have great memories. Our bodies are healed from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Practice that. Don't do it just once. Practice that in the mornings before you go to work. Is there anyone of our ministry team that would like to come up and speak? You already spoke. <laughs> so, no, I just wanted to share real quickly just one of the things that it seems like the Lord's like emphasizing and there's that verse, it's in Matthew, sorry, in it's in there somewhere. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added to you. And so I um, just really have been like leaning into that recently. And um, so I'm spending time with the Lord, feeling it, feeling very spiritual, very righteous. And then we get to this point and he says, he says, well, you could come up higher, except you're pretty judgmental. And I'm like, ah! So, so, so yeah, so it was great because um, he's like, I want you to come up higher, but baby, you're holding on to this thing, and it's holding you back. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, God's gracious. He's not going to beat you up, and, you know, just... Um, 
he wants you to come higher. He's like, I just want you to exchange that judgment for my goodness. So just would encourage you with that. Nobody else wants to come up here. and Might as well line up, and then we'll knock it all out and turn it over to Marilyn. So did you have something? I do. So Chris, I had a picture during worship of every day when you wake up. You know how like when you, and I'm not comparing dog, God to a puppy, but you know how when you walk in the house and you're, animals are like, yay, I'm so excited to see you. That's how God feels about you every morning when you wake up. He is so excited to spend the day with you. That's good. <laughs> I would encourage you guys with that to, to make a habit of just greeting the Lord in the morning. I was telling Emily that on the way to Olympic College at, oh, dark 30 in the morning and so, you know, sometimes when I'm alone in the car, I just like to come down this hill in Manette and just say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Father. And just give him my day. <clears throat> so I just felt like in, in worship, there was just this invitation to really lean in, just to lean into Jesus. And the scripture um, from Ephesians chapter 2 says, but because of his great love for us, boy, we were singing a lot about his love this morning, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he's rich in mercy. He doesn't run out of it, so don't ever worry about that. He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us. So if you're a Christian, he not only took away your sins, but he has raised you up with Christ and seated you with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So I felt like it would be wrong of us to go any further this morning before giving an invitation for you to not only lean into him this morning, but to receive from his side healing. So if you need healing, and we don't need to get specific, we don't need to know if it's heart, soul, mind, spirit, whatever kind of healing you need. He is a good father, and he does give good gifts. And like I started out this morning, he has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. There is a storehouse of good gifts that he wants to release. But if you need healing this morning, I'm not going to have you do anything embarrassing. I won't ask you to come up. But what I would like you to do is just lift up a hand. And if you want healing, some of us who are around you, we're just going to take a couple minutes and we're just going to release. So we talk a lot in this church and we've trained the kids when we used to do church at our house, turn your sprinkler on. So we would have the kids be like the first line of defense. In fact, this morning, kids, I want you to when, when I ask them to raise their hands again, would you pay attention who you're closest to? And would you kids go first? And then us adults will come around as well. And we just want to turn the sprinkler on. You know, if that sounds weird, the Bible said, Jesus said that those who believe in him, out of their innermost being, rivers of living water would flow out from within you. So you are a sprinkler. You are a wellspring of life. And you, just like Jesus, released 
that anointing, he released that healing virtue. Sometimes he didn't even know who was pulling on it. There's a pull when people need it and want it, and there's a release for us to give. He chose to use us as his vessels to dispense. We are his dispensers of his good gifts. So we will get around you. So we're going to just take a couple minutes, and then we'll come back, and then we're going to invite Marilyn up here, and she's going to tear this place apart. So, so just one more time, if you raised your hand, could you raise it up again? So I got one here, one in the back, and one right here. So kids, would you separate and go around them? And then once I see the kids around them, I'm going to put this microphone down, and uh, I'm going to ask the adults after that. So... Judah, do you want to come up here where Lancer's hand is raised? All right, kids, go ahead and just put your hands. If, if you want them to put their hand on a specific spot, appropriate, of course, a specific place where you need healing, then just, just point. Just point. Say right here on my shoulder, right here on my head, right here on my knee. Just point, and they will put their hand on you. Okay, now adults, you want to get around too, or if you don't feel like there's enough room, just extend your hands. We believe in this church that Jesus paid the highest price for our forgiveness, for our healing, and for our freedom or our deliverance from the demonic forces that are at work in this world. So I'm just going to pray as you guys are praying. So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your your faithful, enduring love for each one of these sons and daughters represented in this room. And we thank you that your word said that healing, healing is the children's bread. It belongs to them. So this morning, Father, we release your presence over them, and we just speak to their bodies, and we say, in Jesus' name, be healed. We release the life of God into your body. We release life and the shalom of heaven, the peace of heaven, the perfect well-being of heaven. And as Jesus told us to pray, on earth as it is in heaven, let your will be done this morning, Father. Just as it is in heaven, release it here on the earth. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, we want to see you get your full reward for your suffering on the cross. And we thank you that you paid for the healing of each one of these sons and daughters. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We'll just give it another few seconds here if you guys wrap it up. If it's something that you came in with that you actually can feel a difference of, why don't you test it, check it out. If you feel like something was happening, sometimes when you're receiving healing, you might feel heat in your body. You might feel kind of like that, that electrical, kind of tingly, like Holy Spirit goosebump feeling. That's about what I usually feel. That's my way of sensing. You might feel a weightiness. So we'll just give it another minute here. No, there's no hurry. No, no, you're good. There's no rush. If you feel like God was doing something, if you feel like there was some Holy Spirit was moving on that spot that you're receiving prayer for, just kind of raise your hand again. You did feel something was happening? Okay, well, this is what I would like to do. When we're done with this meeting, we usually end our gathering with an open area up here for, for healing ministry.
I always forget to mention during worship right before that we have communion elements for those of you who would like to partake in communion while you're having worship. I would invite you if you want further prayer and you would like to take communion and we can hold the elements, we can hold before us those symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus, broken for you, broken for your healing, broken for your forgiveness, broken for your freedom. You can hold those and we will pray for you some more. This is one of those things in this church, guys, we don't ever want to rush past. We want to make plenty of room for the Holy Spirit to come. It's his heart to release his goodness here. So without further ado, Tammy's going to have something to share. I I just had something for Scott real quick. I just felt like the Father said he delights in you and that he smiles upon you. That smile you have on your face every time I see you. He gave that to you. It's awesome. You walk in the room and you make everyone happy because of that smile. It lights up a room. And he loves that. He loves that. Yeah, you represent the smile of heaven well. You do. All right, Marilyn. Come on up. And if there's anything we can do. Yeah, guys, clap for Marilyn. Well, good morning, everybody. I want to do an announcement before we get rolling here. How many of you love the Seahawks? How many of you know they're playing right now? How many of you know that I do not want to know who wins before I get home? So if you're watching it, I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything because I've got it on DVR and I want to go home and watch it that way. Okay? All right. Hey, I have to say, it's a pleasure to be here. I love this church. I'm so grateful that God just made a way for, uh, for not only me to be here, but for you to be here because you are what helps make this church home for me. I am more than honored with some of you who have come in from uh, different corners of my life, and um, my little Miss Crystal is here today. She is my queen in training. Yes, Miss Crystal. I love you, Crystal. I just love you. Yes, isn't she beautiful? She was princess in training, and um, then the Lord promoted her one day. We met for breakfast. I had a crown on my head, and she walked in and snatched my crown and said, I'm now queen. (laughs) Didn't you, my sweet one? And I said, yes, Miss Crystal, you got promoted today to being queen in training because the older queen here is going to keep her crown on. <laughs> so we have had just more fun and more, more treasures. And then I have my wonderful daughter and her, and her future husband-to-be sitting in the front row with me, and I'm honored to have you here today. This, this young lady surprised me because she, she works at a Starbucks, and so it's not easy to get a day off. And then to have it be the same day that the Seahawks are playing in London, you know, that made it even harder. She worked four days to get the day off, and then she surprised me on the way home and told me she was coming. I was just thrilled, just thrilled. 
And then these two over here, well, if you saw me, I just busted into tears. Two dear, dear, sweet, long, 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 long time friends, Teresa and, and Lynn. And Lynn, for me, is the one that, um, she has just prayed me through fire, fury, and flood. She, she is my go-to prayer warrior, and we have had more miracles than we can count, and we count them all. And when we get down in the mouth, we got to go back and count them again. You know what I mean? Just so good. Um, I'm just so honored. I'm going to cry again. Oh, if you only knew. So, today we're going to talk about who's normal. Who's normal anyway? Are you normal? Am I normal? If you knew some of our past in here, you'd go, I'm not so sure they're normal. Or, I'm looking back here, is Judy normal or is Nancy normal? Which one is normal? Okay, normal. Well, here's the bottom line. It's not you, that's for sure. It's not anyone you've met either. None of us are normal according to God's definition. So don't we kind of sashay around as if we are all that in a box of chips. That's your favorite line. But the closer we get to each other, the plainer it becomes that we're not normal. Actually, we're living in what I call the porcupine syndrome. Got that, got that porcupine up there for me? There. Yeah. Now, doesn't he just look adorable? Let me ask you this. If he is so darn stinking cute, how many of you uh, had a porcupine for a pet as a kid? Anybody have a porcupine? We had dogs. How many of you had a dog? How many of you had a kitty? I had birdies. Some of you have lambs and llamas and all kinds of stuff. You are the horses. In fact, those of you on the prayer team, we've been praying for the horse. That's Teresa's horse. She's got testimony on that one. Yeah, she's saying thank you. We're pulling that horse through. <laughs> and remember when I said that a friend of ours mailed her the, um, the uh, what is it you mailed her? Yeah, the medications to, to take the water out of the system. It was Lynn's medication for her bladder situation that she says, I'm not taking these. And the horse is taking them, and it's deleting all the water that's stored in, her, in, the, in the horse's belly. God is amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, back to the porcupine. We avoid others because we don't want to be hit by the quills in relationships. How many of you have had porcupines in your life where... These folks came out, and just like this guy who looks cute, but when you get close enough, boom, what's a porcupine do? Throws its quills. Throws its quills. I had the cutest dog ever when I lived up on Lake Taps. I had an open garage, and in the wintertime, I had bales of hay out there so that my two dogs would be nice and warm while I was at work. And I'd come home from work, and my little puppy would have a face full of quills. And I'd have to take them to the vet. They'd put them under. They'd pull the quills out. Three, four days later, same thing with the dog, back to the, and back. Finally, the third time, the vet said, you have to go find that porcupine and get rid of it. Because the dog and the porcupine will fight until the bitter end. And one of the two is going to die. Now, have you ever been in relationships with people where you thought you could change them and you're going to fight to the bitter end? No, because you just keep getting the quills of those relationships. Okay? So we're going to talk today about how do we 
stop the porcupine syndrome. We don't want to be the porcupine. Jesus never said, and I now call you kings, queens, and porcupines. No. He says, I call you lovers of my soul. I've given you a language of love, and that's what I want you to do. And yet, how many of us can honestly say we feel like we're getting an A in that language? Sometimes we look back on ourselves and we say, you know what? Yeah, that's all great for you, Marilyn. I mean, look how cute you are. And humble, too. Okay? Look at you all dressed up and all cute. But if you knew my background, you would go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. But my background led me into a position where I felt so unlovable and so dirty and so shameful that that was my vision, and I went out to prove to you that, yes, I am dirty and shameful and sinful, and God cannot love me. Anybody relate to that? And so you learn a language that follows that. Some of those words start with an F. Some of them start with an S. Some of them start with H, places to go. Mm, all of that kind of stuff. Why? Because like a porcupine, I wanted to keep you away. Because if you got close enough to me, you too would see my ugly side. And you'd say, I don't want anything to do with that. I laughed when you talked about the judgmentalness. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, don't we all do that and come short of the glory of God. Okay? Well, then, after a while, after I got saved, and I was terrified to ask Jesus into my heart because I knew my sinfulness. And I thought I was too great a sinner for him to say, oh, yeah, there's room for you. And yet, here's some of the classics of the all-time sinners just out of the book of Genesis, all right? So everybody looks normal until you get to know them. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all like sheep, we have gone astray. So here's some heavy duties. Tell me if you can beat the raps they have. Number one, Cain is jealous of Abel and kills him. Well, now there's an all-time all sinner right there. Gets a gold star. And then Lamech produce, introduces polyg polygamy into the world. Not exactly God's standard. Noah, the most righteous man of his generation, gets drunk and curses his own grandson. Well, back in the day, I was feeling like I was in some pretty good company, Okay. Lot, when his home is surrounded by the residents of Sodom who want to violate his visitors, offers instead that they can have sex with his virgin daughters. Don't meditate on that one too long. Okay, later on his daughters get him drunk and get impregnated by him. And remember now, Lot is the most righteous man of Sodom. The most righteous man of Sodom. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Well, then there's Abraham, who played favorites between his sons Isaac and Ishmael, and now both sons are estranged. Hmm. Does that sound like some of the family reunions you've had? Estranged? Just saying. And then Isaac plays favorites between his sons Jacob and Esau, and now they are bitter enemies for 20-plus years. Not just pissy-wissy. They are bitter enemies. And if you've never had bitterness, you need to rejoice. Or if you're like me, you wished you could have just gone back to bitterness because hatred is a whole lot worse and will take you places you never thought you'd ever go. 
So Jacob plays favorites between Joseph and his other 11 sons, and the brothers decide that they want to kill Joseph, and they decide instead to sell him into slavery. What the heck? Make a few bucks off the kid. Their marriages are total disasters. Can anybody else relate to disastrous marriages, or am I the only one in the room? Yeah, I thought I'd have a PhD on the wall instead, couple divorce decrees, not exactly what I had in mind, okay? Abraham wanted to have, oh, Abraham has sex with his wife's servant, then sends her and their child into the wilderness at the request of his wife. Now, there's some serious sick uh, triangulation going on. Isaac and Rebekah fight over which boy gets the blessing. Phew. Jacob marries two wives and ends up with both of his maids as concubines as well when they get into a fertility contest. Yeah, let's talk about that in, you know, Ancestry.com. Okay. Um, let's see here. Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben, sleeps with his father's concubine. It's all in the family. I I think that was a different show. And then another son, Judah, sleeps with his daughter-in-law when she disguises herself as a prostitute. She does this because she's childless since her first two husbands, both sons of Judah, were so wicked that God killed them both. There's some sick stuff going on there. I think called codependency. And Judah reneged on his obligations to her. Now, if you think about it, this is all out of the book of Genesis. How many more books of the Bible are there? This is just, this is just the first run. So how are you feeling about who's normal anyway? There were seasons in my life when I could relate to just about every one of these folks in some capacity, okay? And all the while, they too had the same problem I had. I thought I was too dirty, too sinful, too shameful, too... I don't know, too much of an addict, too much of whatever, excuse me, to have him forgive me. Because sin will take you places you never thought you'd go. It'll take you deeper than any deep you ever thought. It will put you with people you never would have related to. And when you look up, it's just dark. When you look out, it's still dark. And when you look down, shame keeps your head bent. And that's not God's plan at all. God says, no, 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 no. He says, I want you to understand clearly. He said, I died for all of that. He said, I don't care about that. In fact, here was a, to me, a mind blower. He saw my life before I was even born. He said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew the beginning and the end of your life. You and I see our life like a parade. How many of you have gone to the parade, whether it's up here? I don't know what parade you have here, but, you know, living in Tacoma all my life, we had the big daffodil parade. And so at a parade, you see what's just gone by, and you see the backside of the cute little marchers with, the, you know, Lincoln High School music corps suits on, uniforms or whatever. You see what's right in front of you right now, and you kind of see what's coming. But that's about all you see because that's all the width you have, all the vision you have. That's our life. We only see what we just went through. We kind of see what's in front of us, good, bad, or ugly. And we kind of have a glimpse, a hope, a prayer, a whatever coming towards us. 
or maybe we don't like what's coming towards us, but that's as much as we see. And God's like standing up on top of the, the skyscraper going, whoa, look at, there's the very first exhibit I sent through on the, on the parade, and look at, look at those guys at the very end. They're just getting ready to step it up. He sees our whole life, including all the junk I just read. He saw the Ishmaels. He saw the um, Abrahams. He's, he saw them all. And he saw the Russells, and he saw the Sharons, and he saw, saw the Mimis and the TJs, and he saw the Marylands, and he saw the Scots, and he, 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 he's seen it all. And he still said and says, I died for you as a way to get that sin off of you and give you life more abundantly. When I first got saved, my, I, I was reading the Bible and it said, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I loved that song when it came out. Free indeed. And those of you that know me have heard this. But I kept saying, okay, Lord, I, I understand the concept now of being born again. My sins are forgiven. I'm with you. Even though I still screw up, all I have to say is, oh, Papa, forgive me. And you go, yep. You don't even bat an eye. You just go, yep, yep, yep. Even when I take one step forward and three steps backwards and I feel like a dummy, he's going, nope, you're just weak. I will make you strong. You can't do it in yourself. I'll make you strong. I kept saying, Lord, okay, so wh why did you throw in the word indeed? I mean, how many of you walk around and talk and you go, so indeed, I like the outfit. <laughs> I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just not how we talk. And yet God says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And to me, indeed, is like a great big exclamation point. Now, if you've ever gotten a text from me or an email from me, I use six or seven at a time. Because it's like, hi, bam, 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 bam. Sun is shining in Port Orchard. I wrote that to some, I, I just taught some classes for Tacoma Public Schools, and I, I was sending some extra handouts to some gals. And, and anyway, and I'm... Da, 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 da. And that's what indeed means to me. It's like something good, something good. I said, Lord, you, you didn't have to put that word in there because like, oops, while you were busy downloading through the Holy Spirit how these guys are supposed to write the chapter, there was this, uh, well, this space, and it looked dumb on the page, empty, so just throw the word in. There are mysteries of God that you and I are not privy to until he decides to bless you with them okay and that's because you're spending time and you're maturing with him you're not back there still playing in the darkness you're, you're moving forward and indeed to me although I don't I can't articulate it I can't say oh there's indeed that's indeed all I know is it's a promise it's a promise. It's a promise. How many of you like promises? How many of you like them a whole lot better when the person that promises it to you comes through? Oh, yeah, come on. Because let me ask you this. How many of you guys have been promised something and it, was a, it, was, it did not happen? Yeah, from a drug connection on down, I can tell you story after story after story. Yeah that wounds the heart, and that's not what God wants. So God says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I'm the girl that's always saying, 
Well, you guys know I'm always teasing about just bring me dark chocolate and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> now, I had some women in my class on Friday at Tacoma Public Schools, and they said, are you teaching another class this afternoon? And I said, yeah, I'm doing one on the power of team building. And they said, cool, we're coming to your class in the afternoon. And I said, got to get your ticket punched. I said, bring in some dark chocolate, I'll let you in. Honest to God, you know me, how I joke. One girl runs out on her lunch hour and comes back <laughs> with a big bar of dark chocolate. And you know I offered her a little tiny piece because <laughs> what's in my freezer at home? So much dark chocolate. I do, I'm it, you know, I'm it. I'm just, when I die, y'all wear purple, you all bring flowers, and you all throw dark chocolate kisses at each other. That's it, that's what I want. And you just talk about wild and crazy, you know, girl. So the bottom line is, God says he's about relationships. He is all about the relationship. He says, come sit at my feet and let me just talk to you in the cool of the morning. Let me ride shotgun with you in the car. How many of you had that kind of a, I, I get in the car, I drive everywhere, so I get in the car and I'm used to being by myself and all of a sudden it's like, huh, the radio didn't come on. No CD playing. It's kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden you kind of hear this. <coughs> I'm like, uh, oh, hi, God. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm so glad you could take this ride with me. He said, no, I'm glad you're taking the ride with me. He said, I've been sitting in your car for, you know, two weeks. Where have you been, girl? <laughs> he said, you've been driving. Not me. Y yeah, do you get that? It's a sweet little rebuke. It's what I call the bugger flick. You know, it's like, uh, oh, oops. Because who moved? Me, not him. Because if I want the indeed, I have to be willing to surrender and say, God, whatever it is, bring it. Because I know what you have for me is good. When I look back on my life, I was the porcupine queen. I threw quills everywhere I could. And yet I was the loneliest person going. And I didn't walk in and hug you or you or be joyful, or kibitz, or have the nerve to say, I gave you baklava a week ago, I got no response, did you not like it? I, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have confronted anybody. Oh my gosh, I would have just ran. By the way, yes, they liked it, and they'll get more. And, um, <laughs> which is funny, I make that stuff and I can't stand eating it. Blah. I want to come back to God is about relationships, and that's what he wants to talk to us about. He's saying, I don't care what your past is. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive each one of you. He said, and then I want you to grow in relationship with me. Now, if I walked in the door the first, the first time I came to church here and did not feel welcome, how much of that would have been God and how much of that would have been the porcupine in you or the porcupine in me? As churchgoers, we have more of a responsibility to, to get healed from porcupine syndrome than the outsider because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's of everything, including porcupine stuff. Okay. I do have some scriptures. Uh, we better roll on them. Let's throw the first one up. Here's some things that I had to learn about 
being in a healthy relationship. Out of Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap its consequences. It's like you can't just say whatever is on your mind. You know, yesterday one of my classes was on, or Friday was on resolving conflict. And I talked about half-truths and whole-truths. And how many times do we say to somebody a half-truth? Or we say the whole truth, but we say it in such a way that it's a porcupine quill. Do you know what I mean? If, if I say to somebody, ooh, how do you like the color of my hair this time? And somebody says, eh, well, yeah, it's, it's okay. Well, what's all the nonverbal saying? What's the verbal saying? There's going to be a consequence for that because God would never say it that way. That's the bottom line. That's not God's way. He may say, I don't like that color of your hair, but he's not going to say it that way. He'll have the right person say to me, wow, Marilyn, you got your hair done differently. And I'll say, so what do you think? If I'm not asking for the feedback, don't give me the info first is the bottom line. And you can go, you know, my, my buddy Russ would say, you know, sis, it's cool. But I liked it better when you came to Crystal's birthday party. And I'll go, okay, why? And I'm collecting data, not emotion, not turned off, not whatever kind of thing. So remember, um, at the Glossinea, with our tongues, we have tremendous power to bless or to hurt. To bless or to hurt. Sometimes I have to write myself notes to say, send text messages to so-and-so and bless them because I get so caught up in my day. And that's how I stop myself. Let's go with the next one. Thank you. Okay, out of James uh, 1.19. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. So look at the three steps. Quick to listen. Oh, I've done a deep study about two ears and one mouth. I do another management class called Effective Listening. Never had to do an about effective, how to open your mouth and speak. It's listening, slow to speak. That means you sit back and you listen to what they're maybe not saying as they're speaking. Oh, there's a novel thought, huh? And slow to get angry. Have you ever had somebody say something and it just hits you and you just want to retaliate back? Well, the truth of the matter is they're still a real big porcupine. But the hope is that you're maturing enough that you don't have that many quills left to throw because you're just not that big a porcupine anymore. You're getting to be a bigger and bigger God-lover person, okay? And then the next one, Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you have. I teach a class in that communications. There's five words that hurt and five words that heal. And I tell people, stop saying these five words, and you use these instead. I will buy your lunch if in six months your life is not more peaceful than it is now, just by the power of words. And guess who gave me those five words on each column? 
that was part of the promise of indeed, because I cried out and said, I don't know how to communicate to people. I push them away, I hurt them, I see it in their face, and I don't know what to do differently, God. And he said, sit here and read Proverbs. I read Proverbs till I thought I'd read it one more time. I'm going to throw it at the ceiling and scream. And he said, go ahead, do it, and then pick it up and read it again, because there's so much wisdom there, so much wisdom there. Okay, what's the next one up, darling? Uh, 2 Corinthians 9.26, hello, dyslexia there. Now Now this I say, I say, he or she who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he or she who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, yeah, some of that can be money and all of that. I look at that and say, I want to sow into your life. I want to mentor and disciple you. I want to teach you what I've learned. Why, because I'm all that? No, but I'll tell you what. I got the t-shirt to cover the scars. How about you? I've learned, and I want to disciple and mentor and teach and say, oh, you know what? One-on-one, because we have a relationship, and we have that agreement, I'm going to be your quote-unquote life coach. Because guess what? I have a life coach, and his name is Holy Spirit. And I'll guarantee you this, he's part of that indeed promise, because he speaks nothing but truth. Nothing but truth. All right. Next one up. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Well, there's a mouthful. I mean, everybody sitting here not worrying about anything? What about you, Miss Evelyn? Are you worried about anything? And it's sweet to be your age and not have to worry about that bill and how you're going to pay it. or any of that. But the truth of the matter is, the promise of the indeed is, pray about everything. That's detachment. I'm grateful for 12-step program because I learned detachment, how to let it go, give it to God, and leave it at his feet. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Oh, man. Could you ever have too much peace? Never. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. There are times in my life I have walked around and thought, how, how, how can I just be going, yay, God, it's cool, it's going to happen. Okay, let me finish this, and I'm going to go over here for a story. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you, now I know you, you guys don't do this, but how many of you know somebody else whose mind and heart can race like crazy into all the dramas and all the what ifs? And they call you, and you can't even get to the core of what needs to be prayed about because they just... And he's saying, stop it. Stop. Just ask for my peace. It's a promise. It's a promise from the one who never breaks his promise. He's the deliverer. 
He is the deliverer. Um, there was a time, I don't think anybody in this room except for Mimi and Lynn knew me, but my, my left side of my body, I'd lost the use of it. Not my legs, but I was paralyzed. Um, my hand was, my fingers looked like Jimmy Dean sausages. My hands were, the color skin was green and black and blue. I scared little kids in church, so I kept my hand in my pocket. You know, when the kids would turn around and tr go to shake your hand, and they would scream because nobody's hand looks like that. It looked like frostbite, but on steroids, you know. And then my shoulder, my shoulder was uh, frozen down. So I couldn't move my shoulder, and then I c couldn't move my hand. And it ended up being a condition called reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is a weird fluke thing that happens, but there's no surgery, there's no healing. But let me rephrase that. There, there's no surgery and there's no therapy. Okay. And as this continued and got worse and worse and worse and worse, Lynn was my go-to person. And I got to a place where I couldn't even pray for myself anymore. I was just so flat. Anybody else been flatline? You're just like, God, are you really listening? I mean, come on, you, you healed her horse. You put gas in his car when he prayed for it. I'm still praying for healing, and you haven't shown up yet. You know, in the flesh, you're shaking your fist in God's face. I know none of you have ever done that. I did it once, so okay, I learned. <laughs> this one said, it's okay, you don't have to be able to pray. I'm praying. She went out and put me on every prayer list there was around the country. And look, 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 look. Months, six months, seven months. How long did I have that, Mimi? Almost a year, huh? It was terrifying. I mean, I just double-dog dare you to not use one arm for a whole day. Women, I want to see you comb your hair with one hand. I want to see you <clears throat> put some of your garments on with one hand. I want to see you try to button and unbutton in time to get to the bathroom. It's a whole different world, and it is a scary one because it's a constant battle to get out of the flesh and stay in the spirit. And yet his word says, I will give you peace to guard your heart and your mind. And you learn to battle. You learn to battle. So you stick with him. What's our next one up? He's the ultimate relationship person. I'll tell you, if all of you walked away from me, I'd be sad, but I would not be alone. <laughs> a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. If you are in relationships with people and there's always that eh, that happens, the porcupine quills come out, the, if you would just, I hate you, I, eh, 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 eh. or how about all those names you, you thought that they think you should have tried instead of being called Sharon and Dave or whatever people do, you know what I mean? I've had a few of those names tried on me. I, I didn't like them because they were not of God. So I have had to learn what role do I play in the success or failure in that communication piece? What role did I play in it? I can't correct you. I can't stop you. I can correct me. I can stop me. 
And when I change the way I communicate, guess what? I don't care if you're my boss or my husband or whatever. I now step into that leadership role. And I provide servanthood leadership to help you get out of where you are and bring you into a place that's better where my gentleness would deflect the anger you're projecting. Because nine times out of ten, your anger's not even at me, but I'm the closest one to you. Or I'm safe. When I had rages of anger, the only one I take them to is God. Because the rest of you would have run and never come back. I wanted to run with you, but I <laughs> wherever I went, it went with me until I released it. And thank goodness he's all about relationships. Harsh words make tempers flare. If you'd have just done this, if you hadn't done that, boop, 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 and all those things just push and pop and hurt our hearts. And I ask you, where's the scripture that gives us the privilege to talk that way? There isn't any. He says a gentle answer not a going to get you back. I can say it deeper and harder and whatever. And sometimes as Christians, boy, we, we, we substitute it with holy, holy, holy. We triangulate it with God. We, th we, we instead of throwing out a cuss word, thanks, Nye, instead of throwing out a cuss word, we throw out a Bible scripture or a should or a shouldn't kind of thing. And it's like, uh-uh. Now we've grieved his heart too. <laughs> we, we got lots of, lots of stuff we have to go back and bring that healing balm in. That's why forgiveness is so big. It's not just for him forgiving us. We need to go to each other and ask for forgiveness and receive it and then give it, okay? What's our next one up? Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some have done this and have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison. I did 20 years out at the women's penitentiary. Did you know that? I was with prison fellowship, not an inmate. But I'll tell you this, I learned some tremendous lessons from inmates in there. And some of them are the most gracious, loving, stand by me. I took my daughter out there when she was a baby baby. And she, this little one brought, <laughs> little one, she's 33 now, I think. Um, she brought more healing to inmates, women who had m murdered their little kids and stuff. I just put a pillow over their face because I, I couldn't stand the crying. And they wanted to hold her. And I just said, okay, Lord, I feel a, I, I feel a release. But the inmates there... I want to tell you, when they love you because you love them and respect them, they will go to the mat. These guys were on my prison fellowship team. You guys remember Gail? Okay, lifer. And she stood by the exit door, and she said, if anybody thinks they're going to kidnap this child and cause a riot or use this child for any situation, you're going down. Because she said, I got nothing to lose. Now that's love. And how much more does God love you? How much more will God go to the mat for you? 
Amazing, amazing. Remember those being mistreated and as if you felt their pain in your own body. That's empathy, empathy. Some folks just can't articulate it out yet. I couldn't back then, and I'm getting better at it now. And I'm loving the relationship I'm in with him, and I'm loving the relationships I'm in with you. It's um, just amazing for me. I just, it just boggles my mind. Do we have another one? I can't remember. All right, what's the next one? I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. He's praying. He's praying that my love will overflow more and more. Do you want that? Do you want more of his love in you? Growing in knowledge and understanding. Where do you get knowledge? Where do you get it? The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. That's the only one you need, okay? Although we've got all these wonderful versions of it now. Oh, my goodness. And pray for understanding. And those two fall under that category of indeed. You want it, you ask for it, and then you go for it. Do I have another one? All right. We're almost closing. Almost. Oh, love never gives up. Who's love? What's, what's love's other names? Jesus. Jesus never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful, and he always endures through how many circumstances? Every single circumstance. I didn't say that. He said that in 1 Corinthians 13.7. That's his promise to you. Promises, promises, and he keeps them. How are we doing? That's it? Huh? Oh, my goodness. We're going to stop with that because we'll just keep going. Can you flip me to that other picture of the um, porcupine that has the line to it or that whatever? What was it? Jaguar. Yeah, just checking to see if you knew. Thank you. We said all that to say, and Jesus always talked in parables, which is pictures. Here's where we start out. That porcupine is not running away. The porcupine has stopped and said, I'll take you on, big fella. Okay? And look at the cheetah. Think about the Lion of Judah. The Lion of Judah that says... I'm bigger than you are. I'm not afraid of your quills. Your quills cannot penetrate me. The Lion of Judah has four paws, one on the north, the south, the east, and the west, of your heart, my heart, this city, this county, this country, this world. And he is saying, I'm trying to draw you into deeper relationship with me. And the deeper you come with me through forgiveness and love, the more you can reach out and give to others. So as we bring this down, remember, it's not how you start the race that counts. It's how you finish that matters. Any of you ever done a, a 5K or a 10K or a, yeah? So we can all start the race. The question is, do we finish? 
I did one and I was the last one in because I walked it all. I'm not a runner. I walked it. And ironically, you know how sweet God was? I got a certificate. And my running partner said, how did you get one, Marilyn? And I said, there was only three women in my age category. <laughs> so, so I got one. <laughs> but that's God for us. And God says, forgetting what is behind me, I press on to the goal set before me. Stop looking at the past. I don't care if you're clean and sober for one hour. I remember when I started, my sponsor said, just for 24 hours, and I'm like, holy heck. Are they? And did she listen to me talk? And finally she said, okay, do you think for three minutes you cannot do drama? And I said, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But I was such a worry ward. I was just on a treadmill going nowhere but anxiety and craziness. And yet, what I got out of that was wisdom and knowledge and understanding. A few scars on my back and a whole lot of people I had to go back and do a fourth and fifth step with to say, forgive me. Oh, my gosh, forgive me. You know, I pressed on to the goal set before me. That means I had to change my vision of who I was. And his word tells me that I'm lovable, okay, and I'm forgiven. And only forgiveness through Jesus Christ can set you free, all right? When I look at this picture over here, and I thank you, Naira, for putting this together. We went to Walmart, and they, oh, Naira did an amazing job. But this is what it looks like to Jesus. While we're going through the deepest, darkest, and we think we're alone, Jesus is right there with us with his arms wrapped around us, whispering in our ears, stop doing this. You don't need the drugs. You don't need the whatever. You don't need to rob this bank. You don't need to leave the marriage. You don't, whatever it is. And we're just not listening. But even when we don't listen, he doesn't leave is the bottom line. He never left me. I remember, I remember just before I got saved, the day before I got saved, it was either saved or suicide. That's where I was. I looked at a picture of uh, footprints in the sand. Do you remember that one? And then, it, and then all of a sudden, there's only one set of footprints. I got mad at God and said, I see right there. I'm ready for suicide. And look. You left me. There's only one set of footprints, and it's mine. Now, that sounds pretty sick, except that when you're sick, that's what you get. You get stinking thinking. And after I got saved, I went, oh, my footprints are gone because you are carrying me, God. You picked up the porcupine and said, give it your best shot, honey, because I, I got you. And so the, the new vision I want you to get out of this is I want you to take the challenge that says, be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody. This world is too quick to make us all want to feel like we're nobodies. So listen to this again. Be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody because that's what God has done to us. He's made this somebody into someone that can make other people feel like somebody. And that's a marvelous gift. And I thank him for it. So in closing, I just want to pray. I, I, would you just stand up? I have no idea how late we are. Forgive me while your stomachs are just growling away. 
and I'd like to have the, the, the prayer team just kind of come forward. Ministry team, yeah, come on up. Because if you're here today and it's like you know you got a few quills and a few porcupine needles and you, you just want somebody to just be in agreement with you or give you a, 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 a pearl of wisdom, these folks have all carried the scars too. And, and they're just so willing to just love on you. And that's what we crave is the love out of relationships. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We are so, so grateful that when we were yet porcupines, wallowing around in our sinfulness, Lord, you still adored us. And, Father, even in our salvations, we're still throwing quills now and then. But, Father, we just say no more. Your word says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, Lord. We don't know what that looks like, except we know enough to know that we want to be the, the person that makes somebody else feel like they're really somebody awesome, because that's what you say about us. And until they come to really know and experience you and know and experience your, your freedom and your indeed, Lord, let us be their Jesus with skin on. So, Father, we thank you for this day, and, and we just thank you for what you're about to do. So if you want a healing touch, come up. If you just need, a, you know, some of you just need a, a, a father's blessing, come up and get a father's blessing. If you just need to be held and it's a healthy hug and somebody rubbing your back and just saying you're wonderful, come up. If you need a mother's blessing over you, come up and get it. If you just need to just come up and giggle and laugh, come get it. And then we just bless you in Jesus' name for the rest of your day today. Amen and amen.